everybody. Welcome to this Xbox Life episode number 224, Violence in Video Games. This episode was recorded on January 13th, 2013 in the This Xbox Life studios, uh, located in both Arizona and Illinois. How about that? We've got two studios now. Uh, I'm Rob, also known as Presar on Xbox Live, and with me today I've got my bestest hostess ever in the world. That's, uh, what are you, my... I don't know. B-H-F-F? Yeah, man. Best host <laughs> friend forever? Yeah. Yeah, B-H-F-F. Right. There you B- go. B-H-F-F. I'm sure you recognize that voice. It's... Mr. Wingman himself. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Did I might? <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah. I think it's... <laughs> yeah, let's just get on with the show. Okay. <laughs> this might go in a weird place. Yeah, since this is the third time we're trying, we might as well just keep it rolling while we got yes. it. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't bumble it at all, I think, this time. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. But I can. But I can. Oh. Anyway. Do you have random stuff? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. So, what have you been playing? <laughs> Black Ops 2, man. That's it. Oh, and I tell yeah. you what. I, I actually posted a video uh, in our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, the game has this, and I'm on the Xbox version. And I'm pretty sure all the versions have this in-game video editing stuff. Um, there's been some people been asking me about it since I posted the, a video clip of uh, one of the games that I played showing me killing a bunch of fools. Of course, you'll notice I edited out all my deaths, but actually this game was actually a pretty decent one. It was a really good match for me, which is why I saved it. Um, and then I went through and kind of just grabbed some of the highlighted kills um, that I, I thought or that I enjoyed for whatever reason and, and basically made this little clip and uh, posted it up. Um, so what I did is you do it in game. Um, you go once you once you finish a match, you have the option to bookmark that match just by hitting the X button. And so I did that. And then you can go in later on. You can go into your theater and see the, the the whole match. The whole match is there, and you can review it and look through look through the whole thing. You can cut clips and stuff like that out of it. So um, okay. what I did was took a bunch of some of the stuff that I liked and saved these little clips, deleted all the other stuff, and um, kind of put these ones together and made this little video. Then I uploaded it, and it actually automatically uploads to... Uh, my YouTube account and to the Call of Duty oh, wow. Elite service. So, um, so I posted this on Facebook, and I had a lot of people asking how you do it. So it's not any capture software or anything. It's built right into the game. You can do it yourself. Sweet. And um, the cool thing is that today, right before we recorded, I was in the zone, man. I had I had a couple great matches. It was it killed me to hop out of the lobby I was in because I was leading the top of the leaderboards every time. Like, the last match I had before we had to record, I was, like, 17-3. and three. And uh, it was just cool, you know, seeing your name at the top over everybody. I was like, that doesn't happen often. Uh, so, um, but a couple of times it has. But um, I just had a lot of fun, and I had two matches tonight that I bookmarked. Uh, bookmarked and after we're done recording, I, I actually plan 
if we can get through this quick enough. Um, I'm going to go back and do some video editing tonight and possibly post up a couple more videos tonight of some cool moments in game. So uh, look for those later on. But it's fun, man. I like Black Ops 2. Yeah. Hate the campaign. This, in my opinion, this campaign was the worst campaign of any Black Ops or any Call of Duty game to date. I really hated it. Um, it, it just, I just did not like it. They added this thing called Strike Force missions, which is like a, it's like supposed to be like a strategy. Like you can look down and direct units and stuff like an RTS game, but you can pop into any unit unit you want and take control of it in the first person. Right. And I just hated it. I did not like it. Hated um, it. Hated it. <laughs> um, exactly. I just didn't like it at all. I'm like, just stick to the first-person formula. I don't need you to try to make this game something it's not. You're right, popular. Right, right. You know, everybody's buying this thing like hotcakes because it's what they love. Don't try to change the basic gameplay. So, exactly. I, I, and it just, the game, there was a lot of times where it's like, oh, you'd see the grenade indicator come up, and boom, you're instantly dead. It was like, in past ones, you know, you'd see the grenade indicator and you saw an arrow. It's like you could get away from it. For some reason, every time I died by a grenade, it was because as soon as the indicator came up, it blew up. I was like, what's the point of putting the indicator up, you know? Um, I had several times that I would die, just boom, I'm dead. Well, what happened? You know, um, it was just really frustrating. And I wasn't uh -oh. playing this on veteran. <laughs> so this was just normal. Um it's just, uh, I really did not have a good time with the campaign. That's the first Call of Duty I have not enjoyed the campaign. I'm loving multiplayer. I, I've always enjoyed the, the Call of Duty multiplayer. Okay. Um, so I'm having a great time, and that's all I played this week, uh, I think. I don't think I played anything else. So. Okay. I suppose I should look at my activity. I didn't even look at my activity. I was just like, Call of Duty, that's it. Well, if you played anything else, it definitely doesn't stand out because it's probably not memorable <laughs> um let's see i uh i played some far cry 3 i don't i think i did this week maybe that was last weekend um mm -hmm. did the uh co-op stuff so we did all the co-op stuff and that that was uh that was pretty interesting i need to get back into the camp uh, into playing that campaign but uh, uh i'm just on to call of duty man can't seem to get away from it okay so how about you I played a little bit of Borderlands 2 after uh, I had to move my console yet again, and I uh, got everything set up, I don't know, like uh, I think midweek or something like that, and then um, did uh, a little bit of Borderlands 2. One thing I kind of noticed is like, okay, so uh, you know, I talked last week about how I'd finished Halo 4, and... Which I'm still know, in amazement on. I know, right? actually got an email saying i finished it <laughs> oh is that for my for statement your... credit soon Cha nice nice so going to borderlands 2 after halo 4 i mean i'm having such a hard time i don't know if you can maybe offer up any advice i don't know if there's any settings or anything but i mean when i try to aim at something i mean i am all over the place i mean is halo 4 that different in terms of like aiming and controls, you know what I'm saying? So. It's like, it's just, 
I don't know, it seems more sensitive or it moves differently because I just can't aim at anything. It's like, you know, there's one of those, uh, you know, I forget what they're called, those like spiny creatures or something. And then I'm like, I'm aiming at the sky. Then I'm at the ground. Then I'm, you know, over on the left somewhere. It's like, you know, I I unload half of my ammunitions just to kill one creature just because I'm shooting at everything else but it. Um, if you go into your settings, there should be a sensitivity. Sensitive yeah, maybe I need to there. adjust that. Yeah, mess around with that. Make it not so sensitive. Um, I did it with Far Cry 3 um, because I felt like the guy was moving too slow. And yeah. when I went in, I found the sensitivity it was way on the left side, like the bottom side. So I went into the middle, put it right in the middle. Oh, man. It was like I'd barely move and all of a sudden, zing, I'm like spinning 180 degrees. You know, I was like, whoa, that's way too fast. <laughs> And I was only right. halfway, so I can't imagine it being all the way. But yeah. So I had to drop it back down and kind of find that sweet spot. So I got you. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out to see if uh, I can find some kind of happy medium that at least makes it more controllable. Yeah, I, I'm not positive it's there. I didn't, you know, I haven't had to change it, but I'm sure they probably have a sensitivity setting in there. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, because I'm a sensitive kind of guy. So. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> be more diverse for you sensitive type exactly <laughs> oh sure but that's it for me just some borderlands too and um yeah that's it so let's get a rolling huh all right well this this first topic is a biggie it's a doozy it covers a lot of stuff and what i'm going to attempt in my own conversation with this okay. is i'm going to try to make sure, or I should say we are going to try to make sure that we keep this focused on violence in video games. Uh, the reason this is coming up... More, please. For those in the United States who are very aware, and throughout the world, but uh, if you're not living in the United States, then you may not be aware of the news is nothing but gun control. Okay? so it, And I yeah. want to make sure that we're not scaring people away um you guys know where i stand obviously i'm not going to get on my soapbox this doesn't have to do with that the reason we're talking about this because the vice president here has met with the gaming industry about violence in video games he's also met with the entertainment you know the hollywood the hollywood liberals um that uh about movies and violence in movies so this happened, and uh, the vice president's supposed to take some gun proposal or to the president this week. So as part of his, you know, let's ban all the guns from the law-abiding citizens who don't commit crimes so that the criminals who don't follow the laws anyways, they'll be the only ones that are armed. Um, there, So he's doing this thing. And that's what I want to talk about today was strictly about his discussion with the gaming industry about the violence in video games. So I posted this question on our Facebook. We got quite a few people responded and they're pretty long and we're going to, we're going to take turns. Rob and I will take turns when we're done uh, uh, talking about this. We're going to read out the, some of the community responses as well. Um, but I'm going to start by, I want to read a quick little story uh, from IGN about the president, again, vice president meeting with the gaming industry. Um, so on January 11th, uh, Vice President Joe Biden, along with administration cabinet members, um, I'm not going to read them all, they met with the gaming industry executives to begin a dialogue about gun violence in the United States following the tragic shooting at an elementary school in Newtown, Connecticut. <clears throat> the Wall Street Journal confirms that executives from Activision Blizzard, 
Electronic Arts, Take-Two Interactive, Epic Games, and ZeniMax Media were present. Researchers from Texas A&M and the University of Wisconsin were also present. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what? Never mind. I mean, that makes so much sense. You know, it's like, okay, all those executives and then somebody from University of Wisconsin. Really? <laughs> I mean, what, what? why? Why not have, like, somebody from, I don't know, McDonald's there or something? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. The anyway, researchers at McDonald's? I don't know. Yes. Um, the Wall Street Journal spoke with... Uh, Christopher Ferguson, a researcher at the meeting, hey, maybe he's from University of Wisconsin, um, who said he was cautiously optimistic about the meeting's ultimate outcome. The report notes that Ferguson felt Biden had done his best to avoid turning the meetings with game industry leaders into a witch hunt. Surprisingly. He says, I couldn't say that the vice president had his arms around the industry and was saying how wonderful it was on on the one hand, but on the other, I didn't... didn't detect that instantaneous rush to judgment and says the most negative things either. I think he's in sort of a neutral and agnostic position, which is probably quite reasonable with where they're at right now. Biden is reported as saying that he knows that there is no silver bullet. Okay, I got it. To curing violence in America. Do you think that, I mean, this is, and I got to make fun of him because the guy's an idiot. Because everybody knows silver bullets are for werewolves. Come on. Exactly. But I mean, the whole point that he says, I know there's no silver bullet to the, that is so poor tasting. When, when you think about that, all of this is started because of the Newtown massacre. Okay. And all those children and, and and a couple of uh, adults, but to, to come and get into this meeting and say, I know there's no silver bullet. is so callous and just ridiculous that I couldn't believe he would say. I mean, I should. He said some stupid stuff. He's told, he's, he said to people, uh, one one guy who's bound, you know, in a wheelchair, he's like, stand up, Joe, stand up and, you know, <laughs> let him see you. Oh. oh, you can't. You know, it's like, what an idiot. You know, I mean, this guy's just a fool. So, I mean, and, and I think about that, people now, and, and, and this is why it's important to those that live outside of the U.S. Because he's talking to... If, if our government wants to do an impact uh, or, or cause the uh, industry to change, now obviously it's not going to affect anything in Japan or Europe, or, but there are a lot of games made right here in the United States. Oh, yeah. So that is a big, and those are games that are played by people that live outside the United States. So, you know, it does, it could potentially impact you. Um uh, most likely all these game companies would shift all their development out of the states and then the games would just be banned from being sold here is probably what would happen. But but anyways, okay, so we got the nice callous, uh, no silver bullet comment by the wonderful VP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, Joe, uh, Vice President Biden goes on to say, I come to this meeting with no judgment. <laughs> Why? <coughs> um, he also says, you all know the judgment that other people have made, Biden said. The ball still very much appears in the air in terms of what the ultimate outcome of this meeting with the gaming industry will be, uh, as well as with other entertainment industries and several other interest groups will be. Um, When asked if he thought there was a coarsening of our culture uh, at work in violent entertainment, the Wall Street Journal reports Biden said, I do not know the answer to that question. So, you know, um, I want to, before we go further, well, yeah, let's just go ahead and cover that. Rob, I'm curious, um, 
what your thoughts are with this meeting that has taken place specifically with the video game industry. There's no points to it. I mean, this is just, uh, to me, this is just strictly, you know, some kind of like press stunt of sorts, you know, to have him there (laughs) just makes me laugh. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because, <laughs> I mean, what does he do? He doesn't do anything. It, you know, it's, you know, you may as well have, I don't know, pick your profession here or there instead of the vice president. You know, it's just, it, this whole situation's stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Do you see, do you think that yeah. this could potentially have any negative impact on, on gamers? You know, it, it is what it is, and, you know, we've had, who was that one guy that was always coming after the gaming industry? It was like oh, a dude from Florida. Oh, the lawyer. Oh, I can't was even. It, it was from Florida, right, or something like that? Yeah, from Florida, I think. Um, I think yeah, I mean, right. okay. He was, he was disbarred. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name. I can't believe I forgot about him. You know. To me, this whole situation is just dumb because, you know, it's like that dude going after the gaming industry. It's like those people going after McDonald's. It's, you know, it's just strictly just trying to find some kind of excuse for messed up people. You know, it's people can be messed up and make poor decisions. Oh, they They don't have. Oh, they, they can't. We got to blame something. I, I know. I just, <laughs> and you know, I don't particularly care for Biden either. You know, and you know, it's like having him there to actually do something is just. I mean, it's like sending an intern to be a spokesperson for a company. You know, right? And he's definitely yeah. biased, without a doubt. He's gonna opinion. he's gonna say what makes sense politically, you know, because you got all these people that are so concerned about this whole thing. So you know he's gonna cater to them. You know, it's like they have to do something. They have to make some kind of stance, and they're just gonna be beat up if they just ignore it. Well, they don't see, I, and that's the thing is they don't have to ignore it. They can do something, but they need to do the right thing. But what is they, the right thing? You want my personal opinion on that? Because it is. It's just going to come down to be an opinion. Well, I mean, in terms I, of like video games and violence. I, mean, I don't think it has anything to do with video games, no. No, but I mean, are you saying the right thing in terms of that or the right thing in terms of the whole situation? The whole situation. It should have okay. nothing to do with... It has nothing to do with the entertainment industry. It has nothing to right. do with the video game industry. It is the health care, uh, the mental health situation in this country you know Um, we are ignoring the people that need help Um, a lot of that in part due to government regulations and changes they've made to the system that now people you know people are not getting the help that they need because of the way the laws have changed and the things that the doctors and physicians are are held to to the stands that they're held to Um, you know they're they're Mm -hmm. It's just, that's where it happened. I mean, it's like the government, if you want to blame someone, 
you could blame the government that they brought this on themselves by all their changes to the healthcare system, and which means people aren't getting help, people aren't being seen. Um, is that going to solve it? Absolutely not. There, there is no, you know, there is no fix. You can't take violence. Uh, I think I said it before. Um, Cain and Abel. Okay, there was no TV, there was no music, there was no dancing, there was no internet, there was no video games, there was no devil music. Are you talking about the movie? No, I'm talking to the biblical term. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, you know, there, there was violence way back in the day when, when we first came here. You know, that's just human nature. Um, we're, we're kind of uh, violent people, okay? You're, you're never going to cure all that you just can't um, and people need to stop looking for an excuse and we need to hand we need to deal with people um, video games see I think video games in movies books whatever might give people ideas um, yeah I may want to portray this like a video game I saw okay but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean they weren't gonna do something if they'd never played the video game there there's if they're if they're heck bent on taking people out they're gonna do it one way or another you're you're not gonna be able to stop it and it yeah. doesn't matter you know look at uh you take the guns away well wait that's getting off track i, I want to make sure i stay on course with video games um it's just to me they're they're looking in the wrong direction um because they need to be talking with their they said some focus groups well, I know the NRA was part of it, and the NRA walked out and said this was a witch hunt. This was a joke that the, the White House is not – they're not really trying to solve the problem because the NRA is kind of saying, you know, hey, we need to – if we're putting guns and stuff to protect all these different areas, you know, why right. can't – why wouldn't we put them in to protect our children? I mean, is that not our most precious resource? Um you know, but so they so they were even there. But most of the interest groups are people that are against the guns, period. But you look at statistics where gun bans are in place. Rob, you're you're living in the you're living very close, I should say. Yes. You know, you're in Chicago. Chicago doesn't allow people to have handguns. They got the strictest laws in the entire country, and they have the highest murder rates and crime rates with handguns. Um, so that's proof positive that gun control, the way the government wants to do it, doesn't work. Um, you know, so looking at the, you know, so I'll give a credit that they're kind of extending out from just getting rid of the guns. So I will give, I will give the, the president, vice president some, some credit. And I don't do that. I don't do that with these two. Uh, I'm very, I'm very much against our, our administration, but you know, I gotta be, I gotta give credit where credit's due. So that at least they're looking outside of just, okay, we want to get rid of the guns because that's what they want to do. But I, I, where is the medical group that they're pulling in? Where's that industry? Where's the doctors and the healthcare professionals? Where, why are they not meeting with them to say how can we better help people and treat people and, right, right. and recognize this? You know, instead of wasting money on a shrimp on a treadmill, why don't we take that money? Who cares what a shrimp on a treadmill can do? Because I don't know if you know this, Rob. That that was government dollars put into some study about shrimps on a treadmill, and I mean the little fish shrimp, little <laughs> you know? crustaceans. Yeah, and government nice. dollars went for that study, if you will. Why aren't we sending those dollars to the healthcare system um, 
and trying to provide, you know, better care for the mentally, you know, that's, that's where this needs to look and not because you can look back in history. I've talked about this a long time ago. Right. I think it was Wired Magazine. Someday I got to find it because I read it in a magazine, but I can't find it online. The, I believe it was Wired Magazine talked about the ten, the like the top ten things that were banned, like a history of banned items in in the United States. And at one time, the waltz. This is a dance. It's yep. it's a very classic ballroom dance. It was considered to be evil and of the devil, and it was a band. Well, then, you know, rock music and Elvis Presley and all that was banned and it was evil. And we went through the, you know, Motley Crue and all the hard rock. And, you know, books went through their thing when literature came out. You know, oh, books are bad. Oh, rock music's bad. Oh, movies are, or TV is bad. Oh, then it's the movies that are all bad. Um, and then now it's the video games. It's like it, they always, every 10 years, there's something new to take the place. Video games is the bulk of it now because, oh, we're teaching people how to be killers. You know, no, we're not we're just playing a video game. I happen to suck at them, <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, I hope I do better in real life than I do in a video game. If that need should arise um, and I need to protect myself, I hope I do better for real than I do in a game. Otherwise, I could be toast. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's just if they try to do something, there's nothing they can do. You know, uh, video game industry, it's about money. They're they're gonna make what sells. People want shooters and stuff, and and I think it's only gonna progress even more. Um, you look at the the movie ratings. Have you noticed that when the movie rating system first came out? I don't remember if you recall back, Rob, back in our day when we were kids, there was like G, P, G, and R. Okay. Well, now you not notice. I think like X a, was. A rating, wasn't it? Or well, was it just... uh, yeah, X. But I, we, when we were kids, it wasn't that wasn't a concern to us. Yeah, um, and it's still and I... still not. But you know, for the chunk, I'm not worried about porn. Right. So for for the non X rated movies, you you had you know all audiences for general. I mean everybody. Then PG for for you know some stuff, but still kind of kid friendly. And then R movies. You know, 17 and all. You had to be over 17. And now it's like, well, now we've got like, well, let's put PG-13 in there. Okay. So you had to, they, they had to fill a gap. And it's like, I don't know if you've seen some stuff on TV. I think that was, that was probably lobbied by the Motion Picture Association. Because they wanted to try to, it was too big of a gap and, you know, they're losing money. And so, you know, because something is an R, but it, they don't feel it's an R. So now it's like, oh, okay, well, it's okay if they're this age. There's some stuff in PG movies that I'm like, I can't believe that's in there. I don't want my kids watching this. And right. if you look at the stuff that's acceptable on the lower ratings, it's kind of like, whoa, why have ratings? You, you pretty much have kind of letting it all go anyways. You know, mm-hmm. there's stuff on daytime TV on commercials that it's like, what? I'm talking, you know, we watch a lot of Fox News in our house and my wife does too. And she's like. You know, our kids will be in the room at four in the afternoon and a commercial comes on for, I'm sorry, it's something my kids don't need to, I don't want to explain ERD to my child. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, a, a certain manly dysfunction. ERD? Isn't that the thing uh, <laughs> that you take Tums for? <laughs> <laughs> Is that even, uh, maybe maybe it's ED. No, that's good. I don't even know what it is, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the stuff you, that's the stuff that you need insight for. 
Yeah, and it's like, why is this on during the day? You know, so, you know, there there used to be boundaries and things that we didn't do, and now yeah. it's all over the place, and stuff's going on daytime TV. So, you know, why are you talking to the movie industries and the video games when, hey, it's right on the TV, it's on kids' channels, it's on, there's stuff during the day that shouldn't be advertised and discussed. Um, but is that going to solve the problem? No. So they need to stay out short term. My short answer, I've rambled for a couple of minutes. They need to just focus on helping people that need help. That's, that's, that's where it belongs. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it still comes back to the typical response to that of, you know, we're more concerned about people in other countries than people in our country, you know, and so many things, you know, in terms of finances, in terms of, you know, mental health, in terms of hunger, and it's just, it's just messed up. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people, and I'll just, I want to, I'll say this real quick, because um, a lot of people say, especially overseas, and even here, I'm like, well, why do you need a gun? Why do you need guns? You guys should get rid of them. Well, you look at statistics, and, and people, I know there's been on our shows here a lot of bad statistics that have been given out on some of the liberal shows that are false. But if you look at the true crime statistics, where there are a lot of guns, there's low crime. Okay? Because people aren't going to go, they don't want to be confronted with a, a homeowner that has a handgun to defend themselves. So... Number one, to defend yourself. But number two, and this is actually, this actually should be number one, it's in the Constitution. The f country was founded with that belief. Now, a lot of people are, are saying, well, you know, you, you can have one to hunt or something, but you don't even need to hunt anymore. You know, we got grocery stores. You don't need to do that. You know, you don't have to worry about we got the police. Well, the police response time is not, they're not in my house when the guy breaks in. OK, they can come in, slaughter my family and be gone before a cop would ever respond, you know. So um, but the, the Constitution did not put that in there. The reason the right to bear arms is in the Constitution is to ensure that the government can't become a tyrannical government again, to make sure that people have rights, that those rights will stay because the people have the right to ensure that their government proceeds yep. as it's intended to be. That's the reason. So the people in power, of course, want to get rid of that so they can do whatever they want. And people talk about freedom of speech. That's so limiting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, think about this. Everybody loves their right for freedom of speech. Okay? The Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. Think about that. You get rid of the Second Amendment. The populace is unarmed. What are you going to do when they take away your First Amendment? And... If you get out of your little box, your little fantasy town that you live in, a little fantasy land USA, and you go out and experience the real world, because the rest of the world is not like fantasy land USA. I've been to many different countries. I've lived in, I've, I've spent time in country where people have very few rights. I've been in countries where women have absolutely no rights. Um, I've witnessed it, witnessed it firsthand. I've seen it. It's not pretty. You look at Iraq. You look at Iran. You look at Egypt. You look at all. The, look around the world. Um, those people are terrorized by their government. The Second Amendment protects us from that. 
okay? So we can't trample on that. And that Second Amendment will actually protect your first right, the First Amendment of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like that. The circuit, the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, so I don't think much will come out of the video game thing. It's just something that they're doing. Uh, but we'll, we sh- maybe we'll know on Tuesday. He's to present his plan on Tuesday. I don't know how long it'll take for that to get back to us. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> now. Another thing, an interesting bit of news, kind of on the same topic, we talked last week about a Connecticut town was going to give $25 out for violent video games that people turned in. Yeah, those gift certificates or whatever it was. Yeah, we were talking about how to exploit that. Can we give $25 per game? <laughs> well, it turns out that they canceled the they canceled this. Um, they, they canceled their plans to collect and destroy violent video games in a press conference held... On the, 20, on the 9th of January, the group that set up the program said that while the program has been canceled, the group is happy with the outcome and the awareness it has raised. Um, there was no outcome. How can you have an outcome if you did, if you canceled it? I mean, exactly. is that the outcome you were planning for? So, I mean, it's like, hey, I'm going to have a party. I'm excited. I'm going to have a party. And then I cancel the party. How can I be happy about the outcome if that if the outcome was supposed to be having a good time at a party? It's just but so it's more of the awareness it was raised. In other words, this tells me they never planned to fork over the money or they 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 didn't think they didn't think the thing through and no. realize how much money it was gonna cost them for people to bring in junk. <laughs> or you, or you got in a game, get twenty five bucks, go to GameStop, buy it used for five bucks, and then pocket twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they said we succeeded in our program. Um, our mission was to create strong awareness in the in the area for parents and families and citizens and children, and we accomplished that. Our other objective was to promote discussion of violent video games and media with children and with the families at home, and we've accomplished that in spades. So we deemed it became unnecessary to have the physical return on Saturday of violent games, also because it would create an unnecessary amount of logistical detail for us. This is a cop-out. First of all, how do you even know that you have increased... um, They wanted to promote discussion of video games and media with children and with the families at homes. We accomplished that in spades. How do you know? I knew about this story. I never talked to my kids about violent video games. My kids don't play them. But, I mean, it just... It's a cop-out. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, and because it was unnecessary amount of logistical detail, that, seems, that tells me you didn't figure it out. In other words, they could, they didn't have enough money to pay for it. <laughs> That's what or I you, think. Or you got somebody that went to them and like basically said, what the heck are you doing? Because, <laughs> you know, at 2 in the morning in whatever organization it was when they dreamed up this plan, it seemed like a good idea. And then somebody went to him and set him straight. Because, I mean, this is ridiculous. It was canceled within one week. Yeah. They even their statement, today, after just one week, we are pleased to announce that awareness has been raised significantly. Blah, 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 blah. They canceled it. So it's it's a crock. They got some PR spin on that. I just thought it was kind of funny when I saw it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, but anyways... um, this stuff's this whole thing is just it it's going nuttier and nuttier. I mean this whole scenario. 
as a country, we're just messed up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I uh, I play lots of violent video games. I, I, there's actually very few, probably, that are... I mean, most of my shelf is stuff my kids can't play. Um, you know, there's stuff that they can play, and I do get stuff that they mm-hmm. can play. But for the most part, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm old. I'm an old guy. I, I'm not going to be... I'm going to play what I want. And all the years that I've been playing video games, all the years that I've listened to heavy metal and rock music... All the years that I've watched rated R violent movies, um, not once have I ever had this desire to just go and plug someone full of holes for real. Right. And and it's like I got plenty. I got an arsenal here, <laughs> you know. Um, and I just have don't have that desire to. Now I do have a desire to put a bunch of holes in paper targets, you know, but not in real people. Yeah, because I mean that's fun for you and. And it's not hurting it. And, you know, it's just, it's so stupid, you know. Well, the video games are making people do this. And it's just, no, no, it's not the movie. It's not the music. It's not the TV. It's not the the video game that makes people do it. It's that their brain is not wired correctly. It's that they're a freaking psycho. (laughs) So that's what makes them do it, you know. But. You know, they're—I mean—they're just basically saying that people are so suggestible to everything. You know, well, if somebody is so suggestible to everything, including like what a video game tells them to do, I mean, they would be suggestible to anything they see on TV. I mean, they would be buying every single product and and whatnot. Oh wait, uh-huh. that's how infomercials make their money. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Power of suggestion. I detract that. <laughs> no, I just yeah. Yeah, let's get moving. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. So, We're like half an hour into the show already. All right, let's get on to our community response. So all of these are from from you guys, um, and I'll let you take the first one, Rob. Okay, first one is from Nikki. Nikki writes in, uh, this will be a longish post, so humor me. Uh, first, this is people who don't play or understand gaming complaining from the outside. The UK and Japan play as many violent games and gun crime rates are no were near as high. I also find games and shouting at sports stars relatively healthy exercises for natural anger people get. Thirdly, studies I have read say puzzle games like Angry Birds get people far angrier than Battlefield. Bar wingman. <laughs> Touche. That's true. Uh, this is <laughs> the NRA moving the debate so people don't attack gun ownership since they are a tool of gun companies who want to sell more guns using a strange reading of the Second Amendment that gave Americans the right to form armed militias that were armies before countries could afford professional armies. If when people get angry, scared, or had breakdowns, they couldn't get guns, this wouldn't happen. Look at the UK. (laughs) The UK, uh, well, then... The UK is not an example. If you truly look at the numbers, and they actually have a higher murder rate, so um, it's just how it. You know, you can you can say, oh well, we've only had so many, but you when you break everything down per populace and and then like the crime rate, the crime rate with guns is out is crazy over in the UK, um, but. You know, again, you look at even like in the States, Chicago's the worst. 
Um, we have the highest murder rate, crime rate with handguns anywhere in the United States. The highest is Chicago. And that's the strictest we have in this country on guns. I mean, people in Chicago just aren't allowed to own guns. Well, guess what? The criminals got an open house and they, they make use of that, you know? So you look where the where there's lots of guns in the United States and people are, are, are definitely armed and allowed to protect themselves. The crime rates are significantly dropped. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, I'll go on. Robert writes, I think it's ridiculous. People are always looking for someone or something to blame on murder and violence. Video games don't make people murder people. Millions of people play violent games. I don't see millions of people committing murder because they are playing violent games. I'm 40 years old. I've been listening to metal music since 1983. I listen to death metal that would make people's head, people's ears bleed. Years ago, parents were trying to blame metal music on suicide and satanic occult ritual killings. Watch the Paradise lost west memphis three documentary to see just how wrong they were about that my point is that people are always looking for a scapegoat it will always be this way these morons could just as easily blame violent movies look some people are just nut jobs (laughs) video games are not psycho whack jobs well video games are not psycho whack jobs will continue to murder innocent people exactly (laughs) so okay Next one is from uh, Dag. Dag Wood. Uh, video games are an easy excuse for people when it comes to mass school shootings, and the focus should be on the parents of the troubled kids. People drink and drive every night, and people get killed from it. You don't hear lawmakers saying car control. Games are an escape from reality, and gamers know that. Mental issues are already there. The games don't put them there. And the gun didn't kill all those kids. The flippin' nut did. The uh, <laughs> person killed the people in the movie theater, not the gun. And Ray said it best. The only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Great topic and hope to hear you spend some time on it. Gamers do like to hear about current events and commentary. Okay. Rob writes in and says... Uh, not not the Rob, not you, Rob, but a different not Rob. Me. Says I have yet to play a game that has forced me to feel the need to pack up my rifles, of which I have none, and go down the lo- to the local school and shoot as many innocents as I deem necessary. I have been playing games since Commodore 64. Yeah, you. And I have never mm-hmm. felt the urge to shoot anyone, run someone over, climb to the top of the highest building, and jump off, hoping to land in some hate below. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, beat the snot out of someone, to be honest. I doubt very much that I could throw an effective punch or shoot a gun without a controller in my hand. This is just another case of government looking for excuses rather than trying to resolve the issue. Here's the real issue. These lunatics do these heinous things because the media turns them into celebrities, which appeals to these things' egos. Think back to all the massacres and see how many victims' names you can remember. But I bet the beast's name who did the damage name can be remembered. The media's role in these acts should be investigated and government should be spending money on finding those people before they get to the stage. If they're looking, there are probably a few future criminal candidates living on my street. (laughs) uh, I like that. (laughs) Although I have kind of thought about jumping off my roof into a bale of hay. (laughs) I love that. But I just can't find uh, enough hay. You need enough. You need a yeah. Where's a hay bale in Chicago, right? Yeah, exactly. Stand and sit next to a building. That's right. So I have to skip it. Yep. Okay. Jeremiah writes in. I own several guns. One's uh, 
used to shoot several deer, which were legally tagged. The ones used to shoot ducks, more revenue into the Washington State Game Department. I've actually killed things, but that doesn't mean I should be thought of as a danger. I've also shot ARs and AK platforms, but I don't own one because I currently can't afford a $600 toy that's used maybe twice a year. That said, games are just that, games. Sadistic people will obsess over lots of weird stuff. Sadistic people should be watched. These shooters aren't regular accountant types who sport, shoot, and hunt. They generally fit the profile of young, disturbed mental health and intelligence. Uh, thus, the ability to plan an attack and procure supplies. The uh, If we really wanted to end this, we would judge more. Hey, weirdo at the high school who had zero empathy and access to weapons. Uh, maybe that dude should be profiled, not the dude who likes old guns and war simulators. Exactly. That That even goes to, you know... We can't profile people like the TSA. Well, we can't profile any Muslims, so we'll stop the little old lady in a wheelchair that's 90 years old. Um, is an is obviously American as get out. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop her and best check her for guns, but we'll let the Muslim-looking guy get on the airplane because of fear of profiling. <laughs> yeah, Mike is. Aren't you? Didn't we increase TSA because of terrorism? I mean, we went through a whole bunch of stuff because of it, but we're not going to investigate them because we'd be profiling. I mean, I want them to profile. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. If there's a rash of psycho white people taking down airplanes, I'm not going to have a problem you stopping me and checking me. You know, because I want to make sure the plane's safe. <laughs> so it's just. Yeah, it, it's just we got to look. You know, the whole yeah. politically correctness is a bunch of crap, man. Um, I, I don't even call, I don't even use the term African-American because I don't know any black people that live in, born and raised in the United States that were, were in Africa, you know, and it's funny, yeah. you, you go overseas and you ask, you, you call a guy overseas an African-American, what is he? He's not, he's going to look at you like, what are you talking about? I'm black. <laughs> or he's going to yeah. say, I'm British. <laughs> I'm not African. I'm British. <laughs> it's only here in the United States where they're African Americans or Latin Americans or everybody's got to have a tag that's that's acceptable. It's like, uh, no, you're black. Hey, yeah. guess what? I'm white. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not American American. What what am I then? I mean, is, does that mean kind of like, hey, you know. You know, everybody's equal in America, by the way. Here's how I'm different. Exactly. That, it's like, you saying, want to be but equal, anyway. but you know, you're, I'm African-American. You ever been to Africa? No. Where were you born? Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> Midwest? <laughs> um, you're just an American, dude. You're a plain old, you're a black American. I'm a white American. You know, go, go back <laughs> on that TSA thing you were talking about. A couple of years back, I was doing so much traveling for work, and I was on some kind of list. It was so freaking annoying. Okay, here I am. I mean, I was born in Chicago. I mean, I've been here pretty much forever. And, you know, I, I work in a in the IT industry, and I'm traveling every single week, and I have to go through that big, bad search every single time because – I don't think they do it anymore like this, but before they used to have a little designator that would print on your boarding pass that would get you shuffled off to a different line. I mean, they basically like search your bag and they do the little bomb sniffer thing and, 
you know, they, they give you like the full pat down. And I mean, that was such a hassle. And it's like, you know, I'm a regular looking guy, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. You look well, kind of strange. I, do. I <laughs> don't listen to him. I do, <laughs> but you know, it's like, they don't want a profile, but they pick this, like the weirdest stuff to do. And then, I mean, it actually got to the point of where I, when I'd be traveling with people, I mean, everybody was getting, oh, you know, Rob's getting searched again because <laughs> it delays everything. You know, it's like everybody else goes through, like the people that don't travel get go through real fast. And then me that travels every week, <laughs> I get the big bad search. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just weird. I, I think a lot of this whole searching stuff that they do and like the TSA and everything, it's all just for show. Yeah. So, anyway, I digress. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, man. You were saying? <laughs> you gotta, you should, I'm just trying to think, of, maybe we can come up with a new gamer tag for you that's somehow related to being searched by the TSA all the time. So. Oh, that, I'm, I'm off that list. I don't want the. I don't want them to put me back. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to open up any can of worms. <laughs> I like sailing through. Uh, like sailing through the security checkpoints. Oh my goodness! All right. So I think we've pretty much covered that. Um, I hope. Hopefully, I apologize if, if I digress too much off of the video game. I really am trying to stay on the video games. Um, so just be aware of it. We will probably will give you any updates we hear um, once, you know, if there's any impact or anything that the, our government wants to do to, towards video games, um, we'll be sure to report back to you uh, in future episodes as we hear about it and we'll let you know. Okay. Cool. All right. First thing uh, that we've got on the agenda today is uh, there's been a little bit of news on the Netflix uh, and the Gamefly dispute that's been going on for uh, a little while, what, about a year or so at least. Anyway, so the allegations were that Gamefly says that Netflix gets uh, special treatment essentially from the post office, and it doesn't. It wants the same special treatment. So there was a court ruling of, in the U.S. Court of Appeals today that basically ruled that Netflix does receive an unfair advantage from the U.S. Postal Service and, oh, well, I mean, uh, you know, I guess this is something that Gamefly has been really hoping for because they say that they've had to essentially, um, you know, kind of change how they do things. And it's costing them lots and lots of money. Uh, there was an official statement by Gamefly in regards to this, and they say that they're very pleased with the decision and um, yeah, good for them. Yeah, but we that? <laughs> no, I think it's interesting how our government was showing preferential treatment essentially to Netflix because it's you know the post office is a government owned thing and they're all about no monopolies and uh, fair you know they're supposedly all about being fair yet here they weren't being fair to to GameFly so um, GameFly was losing a lot of money that's why they had to put all those cardboards in the discs they're trying to protect the discs because um you know netflix movies they don't you know when you send your mail out it goes through like a machine 
And right. this wheel like flips this, you know, flips your envelope and it reads it. Well, they were sending the Netflix or the the GameFly discs through there, and their machine was breaking the discs. Okay, and that's what GameFly was saying that the the sorters were cracking the discs. Well, these aren't like a movie that costs twenty bucks. These are sixty dollar discs. And, right. And we've talked before. They actually they pay a lot more. GameFly pays a lot more than sixty dollars a copy because it's oh. a rental service. Netflix will pay a lot more than what we would pay at Best Buy for a movie. They pay a lot more for these rental discs. And Netflix had a deal where, you know, they were um, they don't go through the sorters. So that's why like Netflix is just in a paper sleeve because they're not they're not worried about the machines breaking the discs. And GameFly is like, we want the same thing. And the post office said no. So that's why they had to go through all this money. They had to change their process, get all these cardboard yep. inserts to try to basically protect their product. The product, right. Which, you know, the post office said, no, we're going to do it for this company, but not for you. And that's, you know, that's a crock. So I'm really glad to see this, you know, happen. we still waiting to see what, because uh, who they said they're turning it over to who to make the decision on how to handle it back to the government to deal with the final judgment. Okay. Right. I think that's, I think that's what it said. And no, I don't remember. Let me, let me look at that real quick. I thought it said that, hmm. you know, I would think that in terms, you know, the, the reason why they probably got that special treatment is essentially because, you know, you look at the volume, I would think that Netflix would be many times more, uh, voluminous oh i'm i'm sure <laughs> i mean the amount of volume of netflix discs versus gamefly discs must be staggering i mean it's not just you know two three times more it's probably 10 20 hundreds of times without a doubt discs. that's why they got it you know i'm sure that you know i i know the whole sorting situation is probably like super secret still you know in terms of you know how they do some of the stuff and I, I know they're They've been releasing some of the information over the years, but I would easily imagine that they would fill a post office um, semi-trailer <laughs> or multiples of them. You know, right. if they just dump everything to, into a trailer, you know, and they send you know like dozens of trailers a day, that could get that special treatment because at that point the post office doesn't even want to sort it all because if they have to sort everything. I mean, just imagine the amount of time it would take in manpower on their end. That's probably why they did it. But they still gave preferential treatment to one company over another. Yeah. And said, well, basically, I mean, and that's what it comes down to. It's like, hey, you're breaking, your machines are breaking my discs, but you're you're not, you know, Netflix doesn't have to worry about it because you're doing it by hand or you're doing a different process for them, but you won't give us that same. You know, mm-hmm. they they still should protect the, you know, the post office should make sure that they're not the reason the stuff's getting damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's good. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, both sides, I'm sure, can say, you know, always point to the other guy. But in this case, I'm I'm glad that uh, Gamefly won at least their initial, you know, court ruling. So. Yep. All right, cool. Well, Rob, I know you played Halo 4. Did you ever play Spartan Ops? No. All right. Well, Spartan Ops is kind of an episodic thing that they were doing. I think they released five weeks of stuff, and each week there was, what, five episodes, I think it was. So um, they're going to start this up again. 
uh, come January 21st. Uh, the 343 Industries has outlined the first three weeks in episodes of Spartan Ops Return. Uh, this mm -hmm. starts January 21st with episode six. The next two episodes of the co-op campaign are coming on the 28th of January and the 4th of February. After that, two more as yet unannounced episodes will conclude the first season. So there's going to be 10 total for the first season. Um, so if you miss your Spartan Ops and want more, it will be coming soon. What? That's like, what, what two weeks? Yeah, I look for it in two weeks. Yeah. So, woohoo! Halo 4 Spartan Ops! Mm -hmm. Woo woo. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, there's the Capcom arcade cabinet. Uh, that's something that uh, I think has been out in Japan for a while. Uh, whatever the case may be, looks like it's going to be coming to the U.S. Uh, details are going to be released in February. And what they're basically saying is that the Capcom arcade cabinet platform, which is uh, going to be on PSN and XBLA, uh, for those of you that have PlayStations also, you know, you get it too. Uh, it'll have, it's an app which, in my mind, is pretty much like an emulator of sorts, and they're going to be selling Capcom, game, Capcom games through it. Uh, this is uh, maybe some kind of, uh, looks like on the graphic here that they've got, there's a 30th anniversary of Capcom. Maybe this has something to do with that, the release. Anyway, uh, basically they're speculating that uh, Black Tiger uh, would be part of the release. They're basically saying that the app might be free and it comes with one game and then you have to buy the rest. So, you know, Capcom's been making some great games over the years. So we might see some of uh, those games come into the Xbox through this. Look, look for more info in February. Oh, joy. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Rob, got to ask. For this next story, did you watch the trailer yet for Cyberpunk 2077? Um, you would have known. I'm not sure. <laughs> that means you haven't seen it. So I want you to click the link there, go to the story, uh, mute your speakers or whatever from your computer. If you I have, must click you've it. You've got to watch this, and I'm going to talk about it, because I want to know what you think. It's only about two minutes. I'll... I'll try to drag my reporting out. Hang on, I gotta put my birthday in. <laughs> well, that's Hang right. On. You might not be old enough to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, very cool, cool, cool trailer. Um, the name of the game is Cyberpunk 2077. This is the next game from the Witcher developer, CD Projekt Red. Um. They're going to slow things down for its first teaser trailer, which shows off the public dangers of wrist Sith or wrist scythe implants. Um, the video introduces the Night City Police and the elite takedown force known uh, as the Psycho Squad, whose duty is to exterminate psychos, people who take body modifications too far and lose their humanity. Psychos overdose on implants and substances until eventually their bodies reject all things biological. They refer to humans as meat bags and embark on killing sprees like the one above in the video. The Psycho Squad takes them out when the standard police can't cope. So um, this this video, I mean, this was, 
I walked away from this video just like, oh my goodness, I want to see more. It was one of those, it's gorgeous. I mean, absolutely a beautiful looking trailer. Uh, the visuals look amazing. Um, it it kind of gave me that Dead Island thought. You know, I felt like I did when I watched Dead Island. It was just like, oh my gosh, I got to know more about this. I mean, it was one of those trailers that just hooks you and makes you want to know more about it. I mean... Even the title, Cyberpunk 2077, is nothing. I'd be like, whatever. I would have never looked at it, never, you know, had any, you know, reason to think this is going to be something I'd be interested in. Um, still don't know what the gameplay is going to be like. Don't know what the game itself is going to look like. Um, this is obviously just a, a CG trailer type of thing, but it definitely piques the interest. And I highly recommend, if you have not seen this trailer for this game, check it out. It is mega cool. And uh, Rob, have you? Is it still going? Yeah, it's still going. I'm pretty close to the end. I mean, it is very beautiful. I mean, it's just so well done. Yeah, I never played The Witcher. Um, yeah, me neither. So, so I might might have to check out The Witcher because <laughs> um, I don't know if if anybody's played The Witcher. I don't know if it's something. Uh, that's a good game or, you know, I just, I might, I got to see what the Witcher's all about now too, but, um, definitely was impressed. Oh, the Witcher looks like it's a PC only. So I guess I won't be playing it, <laughs> but definitely really cool, man. I mean, I, I watched it without any audio. So I just got the visuals on it, and it kind of reminds me of it's like a cross between like Blade Runner and um, what was that one movie, uh, Fifth Element. Yeah, it's, it's like a little bit of, of both. Yeah, I mean, it does look very cool, very cool. So, um, yeah, it's it's don't you know to me, like I said, it reminds me of um, like uh, the uh, Dead Island trailer. It's just kind of come out of nowhere, and you're just like, wow, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about this. I want to know what this is all about. So, Although I don't think it was as messed up <laughs> as Dead Island. Well, no, this was definitely not, yeah. <laughs> Dead <laughs> Island was really twisted. But it, it was that, just that, you know, wow. I mean, it just drew you in. Um, so we'll have more on this when we, when we see more. I highly expect to see some of this gameplay probably at E3. And I'm, this is going to be one I'm definitely going to check out and be looking for. So, so again, Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, cool. Then uh, one thing that kind of, uh, or not kind of, one thing that was released uh, in the CES uh, onslaught last week was Microsoft announced the Illuma Room, which... Uh, you know, I know when you posted a link over here, I I saw something else. I don't know totally what's on your link here. I saw there's a video, but uh, it, I saw a video where they basically showed people playing, you know, games on their TV, and somehow there was some kind of video or images projected throughout the entire room. So it, it looked kind of interesting. I don't know. It, it also kind of looks distracting a little bit. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It was very distracting. Um, it's, I, I think the idea, again, it's one of those, it's like, well, at least they're trying it. And I'm not sure how it even works. They, they must, 
I was trying to figure out watching the video, like, well, where, how are the images being expanded out onto the walls? How's yeah. the, there's so gotta it has to be, be like a projector in the back of the room or something. Somewhere. Yeah. But like, if I recall in the video I saw, of course it was a marketing video. So you didn't see anything in the back. Cause it, you know, you're looking at the front of the dude at one okay, point. Okay. That's the one I probably saw too then. I, I didn't see any projector. So I'm just like wondering what's projecting the images and, you know, um, it didn't really work very well from what I saw, but I, I like the idea of where it's going because it's kind of going towards that holodeck type of thing. So, you know, again, this might be something we'll see. You know, they had it at CES. We'll probably see something maybe at E3, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm hoping to to hear more about it. But, you know, this is like the video or the... What do you call it? Okay, so auditory is like hearing. What is like vi- visual? Yeah, it's this is like the visual version of having surround sound, I think. You know what I'm saying? Because initially you had just your front speakers, and then you did surround sound where you surrounded yourself with the speakers, so you heard sound from everywhere. And they're kind of doing the same thing with the visual images where they're basically surrounding you uh, with some kind of visual stimulation outside of the television. Now, I wonder how this is going to go in terms of, like, you know, lighting in the room. Do you need, let's say, a dark room, or do you need a light-controlled room where it's, like, pitch black in the room in order to have this kind of effect? And... With products like the Oculus Rift coming out, I wonder if something like the Illumarum is just going to go away, period. Have you been following the Oculus Rift, by the way? No, I have not. No? Yeah, it was a Kickstarter project where um, this team basically made uh, kind of like the next generation version of uh, like a VR headset. So right. I, I think I might have mentioned it like way back when, when the Kickstarter was out and about. Uh, it has since finished and is, was funded. But they're going to be selling these sets, I think, for like $300. And what they've used to make this thing as good as it is, because it's supposed to be fantastic and people like John Carmack are behind it. Or not behind it, they're supporters of it and fans of it. Is that they're using accelerometers and stuff from cell phones because those are so sensitive now <laughs> that the cell phone technology is like what what's making this thing possible, and uh, it, it's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, I remember you talking about that before. Yeah. So you know, I wonder if you know, heck, just get a three hundred dollars set of these Oculus Rift goggles. You know, when they come out, and I think they're supposed to be out this year. You know, just get those instead of having to do something like where you have to mess with your entire room and you have to maybe control the light and, you know, you, you know. But does that try- mean you got to wear something? Yeah. See, that would take me out right there. I already wear glasses. I don't like putting more glasses on. I'd rather, I like the idea That's of the Illumina room eyes. because you don't have to, you don't have to have any kind of special glasses or putting anything on it. It's just like connect. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I like about it. It takes the whole having to wear something out of the picture. I, I think True. It, it opens up the door to be more universally acceptable or, you know, 
I think that's a cool idea. Because they didn't wear nothing when they went into the holodeck, my friend. <laughs> that's right. But they also had crazy force field technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's maybe that's what Microsoft's working on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're doing the, it in their R&D labs. <laughs> the Illumirumidec. There you go. Anyway, so we'll we'll have to wait and see how uh, this thing pans out and if it actually goes anywhere. But I think Microsoft uh, has some pretty cool stuff up their sleeve. They should send me one to beta test like they did with Connect. There you go. I'll be more than happy to test that out, too. Intent. (laughs) So, all right. Cool stuff. All right. Uh, Next thing here is... um, it looks like there will be a baseball game on the 360 uh, this year. Uh, Major League Baseball 2K13 is back. So there was an announcement saying that uh, it will be released. And it will be on the shelves on March 5th. Cool. So was this the one that was... Like, gone for a year or two? Or yeah. Was that... Okay, yeah. Yep, it disappeared for a while. And it was the only... 2K was the only ones making a baseball game. Yeah. So they stopped doing it. and So we haven't had a baseball game for... An official one, anyways, for a while. Mm-hmm. So look for this... Uh, what did I say? March 5th? Yeah, look for it on March 5th. Yay. Sweet. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. All right, Rob. Yes, sir. Do you ever tweet or post on Facebook or any other social media? Would have you ever used social media to badmouth your employer? Oh heck no, because I love my employer. Um, okay, what about employers you've worked for in the past that you weren't so happy with? You ever badmouth them or say things? Men talk. I about can neither job? confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to do said thing, do you think that you could I be know held they would responsible come for me. it? <laughs> I know they would come after me. What? What did you say? Do you think that you could be held responsible for that? Would you be fearful of losing your job or, you know, getting in um, trouble from your boss or? Uh. Not for any of the companies that I worked for, but I bet if I worked for Microsoft, I would be worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. Because if you do customer support for Microsoft, you better not post about your job on any site, any website, or any social media. Uh, recently, uh, a couple of uh, former Xbox support staff had uh, gotten in touch with Kotaku. Um, or basically, I guess this originally, they started... Um, I think they posted originally on Kotaku, but let me let me just read the story. The, the story itself is from Kotaku. Um, over the past week, I've been in touch with two former Xbox support staff, both people who asked that we not use their names, say they were fired for writing comments about their jobs on Kotaku. Okay, so they, they posted some about their jobs on Kotaku. One was let go last week, the other around a month ago. Um, so here we go. By now, the stories are familiar. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Uh, last Friday, a person who will call Bob was told to call his manager at Alpine Access, the work-from-home company that employed him. Alpine handles tech support for the Xbox 360. His manager asked if he had ever heard of a website called Kotaku. Yes, Bob said he had. The manager then continued on about how someone that was higher up at Microsoft found the comment I left on the news article. 
Bob said in an email to me. I was then reminded that we aren't allowed to speak about the company or anything related to it on social media sites or any related sorts. I ended up apologizing for leaving the comment. I reached out to Alpine Access for comment and was directed to spokeswoman for Sykes, the company that owns Alpine. We do have a confidentiality agreement with our clients, the spokeswoman said, noting that she couldn't comment on the specifics of the situation. And so we do expect our employees to abide by those confidentiality agreements. Bob's manager said he would be suspended from work until Monday as they investigated the issue. On Monday, Bob got another call. He was fired. Whoops. Here's the comment Bob made on Kotaku in response to an article about Xbox support pranksters. He said, I am an an Xbox 360 customer service agent, and I can tell you that I deal with some really, capital letters, stupid people. It honestly shocks me how many people can't resolve the most simple issues. My day consists of a lot of eye-rolling, face-palming. I can tell you that. Thank gosh for patience. I mean, do you think that warrants being fired? No, but I could see how (laughs) people above you that don't care... (laughs) Could interpret it. Well, I don't think there's any way to interpret He was rude. I mean, basically talking about customers and stuff. But it just, it, it floors me that that could get you fired. Yeah. You know, that to me, because then it, it almost comes back, what about my freedom of speech? <laughs> you know, I guess you don't have freedom of speech. So um, it, it, I just thought that was strange. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. Um, let's see. Quote, I believe this entire thing was taken a little too far, Bob said, but I understand that it can make Microsoft look bad with an employee talking bad about their customers, but what I was saying wasn't as bad as they are making it seem. The second former Xbox support staff, who we'll call Frank, has a similar but completely separate story. Frank also worked for Alpine Access a couple months ago. He was asked to get on a conference call with three Alpine executives who accused him of stealing from Microsoft by generating codes that give out free time on Xbox Live's premium gold membership. But Frank says he didn't steal a thing. They told me they were going to find proof and press charges against me. Frank said in an email to me, so he asked if they found no proof, would he get his job back? Another person who was on the phone spoke up and said, that's not the reason I was being fired, Frank said. And that regardless of whether I'm innocent or not, they will never rehire me again because of the comments I made on Kotaku. They claimed the reason they're firing me is because I broke the non-disclosure agreement I signed when they hired me. This agreement stated that I'm not allowed to tell anyone I work for Microsoft or Xbox. Here's the comment that he made. Yeah, us Xbox customer support agents had to take a crap load of tests on this new service. Seriously, all of you, do us agents a favor and don't do this. Not only is it a terrible deal, um, he's talking about the uh, uh, the Basically. subscription service, the two-year subscription yeah. service. Not only is it is a terrible beep deal, you have to pay $15 a month for two years. Don't do that to yourself. And there's a cancellation fee if you cancel. But if we have to troubleshoot it on our end, it's all it it's it's just all kinds of beep, stupid. Please, guys, I implore you, don't be one of my customers doing this. That I can see you getting fired. <laughs> you're telling, you're saying, don't take my company's services. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So I can see him being canned. I really don't see how the other guy, you know, he's still making comments that people are stupid, but people are stupid. I think his should have been more of a, 
you know, if they suspended him for a couple of days or, you know, fine. But I just, you know, right up and, and he should still be able to keep his job. But the other guy, I can see that a little bit more seriously. But I was, you know, I was kind of surprised. So, you know, be careful what you guys write. You know, don't don't friend your boss on Facebook. And then two months later, when he's you get chewed out by him, don't talk bad about him <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of stories like that where these oh, yeah. people get, you know, or say, you know, call in sick and then you, you're out posting, hey, I'm at the movies today watching the, the opening of The Hobbit or something, you know, because mm-hmm. your boss is going to see that. <laughs> yeah. People tend to forget. So, yeah. Or friend them on uh, Xbox Live and then they see you playing all day. <laughs> yeah. Never, 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 never. Mm-hmm. Never friend your boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your boss is your boss. He's not your friend. Yes. So, all right. And anyways, that's all right. Word to the wise. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so uh, I know that Fallout Three was one of Wing's favorite games, right? Right. <laughs> I guess that proves yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, there was a. There was a what? <laughs> I hit my mute button, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there was a click. There was a... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, uh, there was a, a little teaser released on uh, Fallout 4, so well, you guys might want to check that out. Uh, this was on IGN. Why would I want to check that out? Because you love Fallout. Oh, Okay. I know many of our listeners love Fallout. I think a lot of people, <laughs> other than you, like Fallout. <laughs> I tried, though. I did. you got to give me credit. I did try to get into the game. and uh, I think what I just didn't like the most was where it all slows down, and you're like, oh, let's target this, and it like, freezes your gameplay. I didn't understand that. I know some people really loved it. Um, I just didn't care for it. So. Yeah. But I'm glad to see that they're going to make a Fallout 4. That's awesome. Oh yeah, many people will be happy. I mean, it's a very interesting world, you know the uh, that the story's set in. Sure, it's very, very cool. Post-apocalyptic Vegas in America. Post-apocalypticlicious. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. Cool deal. All right, XCOM baby. I love me some XCOM. The second wave of DLC is now available, and this adds new gameplay options. Uh, this came out on the January 8th. This DLC became available, and it's available on all platforms. The new content comes via free update, adding multiple new options designed to appeal to players looking for a new and different challenge. Specifically, the update adds a new menu of options that significantly alter the way the game is played. Damage Roulette, for example, gives all weapons a much wider range of damage, potentially stealing a killing blow or possibly bestowing a last-ditch pistol shot with extra punch. Another option, not created equally, gives all rookie soldiers random stats, while hidden potential causes stats to increase randomly with each promotion. Fraxis designer Jake Solomon tells tells, uh, us that these options allow for more versatile soldiers. So there's, let's see, there's also Red Fog. Uh, Combat wounds will degrade the soldier's mission stats. 
absolutely critical as a flanking shot guarantees a critical hit. The greater good, psionics, can only be learned from interrogating a psionics uh, alien. Marathon, the game takes considerably longer to complete. Uh, I don't need to turn that one on. It's already a long one. Results driven, a uh, country offers less funding as its panic level increases. High stakes, random rewards for stopping alien abductions. Uh, diminishing returns, increases increased cost of satellite construction. And more than human, the psionic gift is extremely rare. So, so there you go. Um, some options are available immediately to new players, while others are unlocked by completing the game at different difficulty levels. So, the new DLC is available, and it's free. Speaking of DLC, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3 uh, gets their new battle-hardened multiplayer DLC. Uh, this was released last week, and it looks like uh, it's out for PSN and XB LA, or uh, on Xbox and PSN, and then the PC version will be out sometime this week. Uh, this is going to include three new maps to the multiplayer side, and uh, which includes uh, Charleston, Fort St. Matthew, Matthew, whatever, and then St. Pierre. Uh, also, there's uh, three new multiplayer characters, uh, including the Govna, the Highlander, and Coyote Man. Uh, this will be 800 Microsoft points for those of you that don't have the Season Pass, and it's free for Season Pass holders. Woohoo! Woohoo! That's not me. Nope. <laughs> it's another one. You're just so hard to please. I am. That's another one. I need to go back and do the campaign on that one, too. Mm -hmm. But speaking of DLC, uh, Activision, yay, they have released an official trailer for the DLC pack, confirming much of the information that was originally posted and discussed uh, on sites across the interwebs, such as its release date on the Xbox 360 and what new maps look like, blah, 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 blah. Um, so there's a trailers out that uh, talk about a revolution, which is the. Hey, did game. you mention what this is for? Black Ops Two. Okay. Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Didn't I say that? I don't remember. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay, um, let, let's just say you did, and I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, let's do that because that sounds yeah. better. Okay. Um, there is a new mode and zombie mode where players become zombies themselves, um, and the Peacekeeper is an SMG assault rifle hybrid. Uh, Revolution DLC for Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is reportedly uh, is set to arrive on Xbox 360. Uh, did they give us a date? Oh yeah, on January 29th. So that's coming real short. Um, but anyway, some things that are going to get um, a map. There's what? One, two, three, four, five maps. Hydro is a large map that allows you to use the dam and water to your advantage to block paths and stop enemies. Uh, downhill is a medium-sized map based in the French Alps, complete with snow, chairlifts, and a strategically placed ledge, or lodge, sorry. <laughs> Grind is set within the locale of, of Venice, California boardwalk. This small skate park map is sure to deliver fast and frenetic Call of Duty action. Mirage, there, a Scoby Desert multiplayer map, utilizes sand dunes to provide different levels of elevation and a sanctuary in the center as a natural choke point. And zombies die rise. The zombie apocalypse has invaded China, turning downtown into a dilapidated and dangerous M.C. Escher painting. So, 
the cost is going to be 1200 Microsoft points or it is free for season pass holders. So that's 15 bucks for the map pack. Okay. All right. So we talked last show a little bit about THQ going belly up and that Ubisoft was interested. Well, they're also saying now that Electronic Arts has been named as one of the potential buyers for some of the uh, assets of THQ. So there's going to be an auction on January 22nd. That's going to be, what, like, uh, not this week, it's next week. About, uh, what, 10 days, 9 days away? Uh, There's going to be an auction. So, Wing, you can put in your bids and see if you can outbid EA for some of these titles. I'm all over that, dude. Auction, yeah. You can outbid EA and Ubisoft. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Those chumps ain't got no money. (laughs) Yeah. Ain't ain't none of them got any cash. That's right. So, looks like uh, EA has um, expressed some interest and has completed some visits, I'm guessing, of the studios to see how far along, uh, you know, the titles are at. Because they have a whole bunch of stuff in development. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, Rob, this would be a good opportunity for to open up the uh, development side of uh, TXL. Yeah, TXL Studios. There you go. All right. Yeah, we can develop a Hangman game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You you buy it on uh, Xbox Live for, you know, $40, and we'll send you a pad of paper and a pencil (laughs) in the mail, snail mail. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you're interested in Dead Space 3, Rob, um, which you're probably That's not because you're scared. That's so scary. Uh, the developer has announced a a, develop, a dev team edition of the game that's going to come out. So you can buy the regular old $60 boring, you only get the game version, or you could spend $160 and get the dev team edition. This bundle will include an 8-inch marker statue, an aluminum data pad, a water bottle that looks like a med pack, a custom notebook, some Peng postcards, some SCAF posters, and a mini art book all inside a custom box. Now, they're only making 5,000 of these um, uh, available in a bundle with a copy of Dead Space 3, of course, for your choice um, of platform, PC, Xbox 360, or PS3. Um, if you simply want all that extra stuff without a copy of the game, you can pay EA a hundred bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the little marker statue actually looks pretty cool. But mm-hmm. I'm not buying that. Mm-hmm. I'll rent the game though. Yes. All right. Then uh, there's been an interesting development with Warner Brothers, where they have registered uh, a whole bunch of Batman domains. So, you know, what they're going to use this for, who knows? But, you know, hopefully it's games, because the uh, last couple of Batman games have been most excellent. And some of the titles that they've, or some of the domains that they've registered, I'm going to read off a couple of them here. Uh, They've uh, got Batman Arkham Universe, Batman Arkham Arises, Batman Arkham Begins, Arkham Knight, where I left off Batman. Uh, Dark Knight Arkham. So it looks like it's uh, yeah. Every one of these has Arkham in it somewhere. So either this is a cheap diversion, <laughs> where they went through and what nine ninety nine each, hundred fifty bucks, hundred forty bucks. 
<laughs> and they're just messing with people, or they're actually going to do something with these titles. You know, so last couple of games, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, uh, were uh, were, were released. So maybe of these uh, fourteen, fifteen domains, this the next game's name is in that list. That's cool. So, pretty cool. Yeah. Looking forward to some new title for Batman there. Yeah, those are good games, man. Absolutely fantastic oh, yeah. titles. Well done. Very well done. Okay, and then uh, we got some of the NPD numbers. In uh, a bunch of these were the numbers for last year. I mean, some of this has been trickling out little by little, but uh, there's there's an article that I found that kind of had a whole bunch of them kind of all in one spot. So you you ready for my numbers? Because I haven't done them in a while. So I'm ready, man. You're probably you've probably been going through withdrawal. I, I know you have. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Okay, uh, first off, they say that boxed game sales have actually declined 22% in 2012. So, you know, what exactly does that mean? Because It means they're not selling as many box copies as they did previous years. Exactly. Does that mean it's a general decline for everything? Or did box sales go down, but that was you know, replaced by digital sales. That's what I think. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. The article really doesn't talk about that. So uh, in uh, 2011, uh, the numbers were $9.1 billion in retail sales, of boxed game sales, and that dropped to $7.09 billion. So that's a $2 billion difference. That's, that's pretty substantial. Two, oh, three, so, couple, two, three. Oh, yeah. Billion. Not bullion. Billion. Okay. Hardware uh, suffered uh, a similar slide, 27%. So, I mean, and that's that's quite a bit. That fell from $5.6 billion to $4 billion. So, that's a $1.6 billion difference. Accessories, 8% drop. From $17 billion... Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. So uh, accessories, 8% drop. And total physical video game sales fell 22% from 17 to $13.3 billion. Our beloved Xbox 360 was the best-selling console, moving uh, almost 1.5 million. So that's 1.4 million units. And what was interesting, though, okay, so... The 360 sold 1.4 million last year. The Wii U sold 890,000 since November. So, that's uh, that's quite a jump just for two months. Okay. Um, other than that, let me skip through all this over here and let's go to the uh, 2012 top 10 games. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to count them down. Number 10. Oh, and this is across uh, all platforms, including PC, and it's new physical retail-only copies. Okay? So number 10, FIFA 13. Number 9, Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes. Number 8, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. 
number seven, one of our favorite games, Borderlands 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number six, NBA 2K13. Number five, Just Dance 4. I'm not sure how I feel about Just Dance 4 outselling Borderlands. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> okay, number four, Assassin's Creed 3. Number three, Halo 4. Number two, Madden NFL 13. And number one, what do you think, Wing? I think you might be able to guess this one pretty easy. Call of Duty Black Ops 2? Yes, sir. That's yes! it. So that was uh, the 2012 list. Very interesting. Just Dance 4 outsold Borderlands. That's messed up. <laughs> Maybe they okay. need to put a little dubstep uh, action into the next version. Oh, yeah. Borderlands. And then uh, in, ter <laughs> in terms of numbers, I just want to hit one more thing. And that's uh, about Mojang selling uh, Minecraft. Some numbers came out on this, which uh, were, ah, these are just silly. This is just crazy silly. Okay, so on Christmas Day, I don't know if, I don't remember if there was a sale or something. But anyway, on Christmas Day, they sold on the 360 over 100,000 copies of this thing in one day. Whoa. Was there a special on this thing or something on, on Christmas? I don't know. There was a bunch of deals going on over the Christmas, you know, they're ringing in the 2013. Because um, I remember, like, uh, Walking I mean, Dead, episode one, I think, was free on that day. Let me look back at our stories, see if I can find it, because uh, we had a story on that, the New Year's sale extravaganza. Let's see if it was on Christmas Day. No, it was, uh, nope. I don't think they were even in that Minecraft. I don't think Minecraft was on that sale at all. Yeah. Nope, no Minecraft at all on that sale. So obviously yeah, so they, it was uh, just a bunch of points cards that people got for Christmas, or and that's what or they bought. Or something, yeah. <laughs> so they sold 100,416 units on December 25th. And for the holiday period they sold 325,000 units uh, total sales on the 360 or on the 360 over 5 million in 2012 that's just bonkers yeah it is for that game it's crazy i don't get the hype <laughs> yeah so i mean this company's had a crazy year Yep, they have. What does it go for? Fifteen bucks? No, it's more than that actually, isn't it? I twenty it's twenty dollars. Yeah. Twenty bucks times five million. Five million. <laughs> just on the PC. Oh that's yeah, some, that's five million. I mean million just on three sixty. Yeah. Yeah, just on three sixty. So you know there's some people driving around Ferraris. Yeah, a couple two tree. It's not us. 
It's not yeah, us, we, that's for sure. You got to get that Hangman game going. We do. We do. <laughs> get on that, man, right away. Okay. All right. All right. So that's all I got for those. I think that wraps up our stories, eh? I think it do, eh? It does. I think our show's over because uh, I didn't put a community topic out because it was all the... Well, I did, but we answered that in our first topic. Yeah. Um, so there was no... We didn't ask for questions this week. We had a long show anyways. But you can join us on our Facebook group. Uh, we've gotten... Uh, welcome to the new people who have joined our group. We've had several welcome, new people welcome. recently. Yep. Uh, you can email us, contact at thesexboxlife.com. You can also email us through the website on our Contact Us page. Uh, that page it has been fixed as of today. If you did send us something through there before, we never got it. Um, Rob uh, uh, found the problem. It was on our host. Uh, was hosting us. They had yeah. some setting. It was blocking it. So he corrected it, tested it, and that email form does work. So um, Also, you can look for us on Twitter and um, leave us a voicemail. That app is on our website. Um, Rob, did you test that one to make sure it works? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Better make sure that works. So want to get your voice in the show, leave us a voicemail. Just go to thisxboxlife.com, and right on the right-hand side, you should see a tab there that says voicemail. So you can click that and use your computer microphone. Now, i got to say I'm a little upset because we've had people – tell us before that you know they they're overseas they can't make a phone call to the number we used to provide so we go through this rob gets this all we redid the whole website just for this i slaved day and and no one's called in and we used to get tons of stuff on talkbox back in the day yeah so i'm a little a little upset with our community here that they're not uh, leaving us voicemails when it's so easy you just use your computer microphone now uh, we made it easier for you, but hopefully someone this week will call and give us a voicemail so we can put it in next week's show. But anyway. Yeah, and, and then Wing won't have to guilt you guys again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see if this works. Um, there's no retail releases this week, but it looks like uh, I think the following week we're going to start finally getting some uh, uh, retail releases. The first one doesn't come out till the 22nd, but... Um, We'll start seeing stuff really in, in February kicking off. and uh, So we'll, we'll have those, but there's just nothing new to, to report. So that is it. If you listen to us on iTunes, please rate us five stars because we're so awesome. Awesome. And uh, with that, I am Mark, AK Wingman709, taking off. I'm Rob, also known as Presar. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you all next week. Ready when you are, CB. I'm ready to rock and roll, man. You're okay. leading us off, so. Two, two, four. Uno, dos, tres, cuatros. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Xbox Life episode number 224, Violence in Video Games. This episode was recorded on Sunday, January 13th uh, in the This Xbox Life uh, Grand Studios. I'm Rob, also known as Presar on Xbox Live, and with me today I've did hey did I, I did I say violence in video games? Yes, you did. I did. Damn. Okay, we start over. I didn't. I'm like, did I skip it again? Because I know you'll <laughs> jump all over me if I do that again. <laughs> I didn't say any anything, so that should have been your clue. <laughs> I still no. I still remember that one time, like three years ago, where you jumped all over me. <laughs>
Okay, three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome to this Xbox Life episode number 224, Violence in Video Games. This episode was recorded on Sunday, January... Wow. I bumbled that one. Third time's a charm? Yes. I guess I can't say January and burp at the same time. (laughs) Okay, three, two, one.